Welcome to the Association of Schools Advancing Health Professions, a leading source for interprofessional collaboration to improve health. Useful insights about publishing in this organization's Journal of Allied Health can be found in a top podcast series featuring episodes narrated by its editor, Dr. Thomas Elwood. Listeners not only will obtain valuable information about transformational developments in the wider world of journal publications, but also views on peer review and reasons why manuscripts either are accepted or rejected. So listen, learn, and enjoy. Welcome to a series of podcasts based on editorials that were published between 2008 and 2020 in the Journal of Allied Health. These items are a companion piece to a book in both print and ebook formats that is entitled From Fish to Philosopher. The editorials represent an effort to convey how the journal continues to evolve from one quarterly issue to the next by reflecting changing sets of circumstances during that time period. The intended audience consists of prospective authors who consider submitting manuscripts to the Journal of Allied Health. They will have an opportunity to learn about some inner workings of this publication. A second group comprises readers and listeners with a broad interest in the universe of professional periodicals who may benefit by learning more about various topics such as open access, impact factors, gender-related issues, predatory journals, and replicability. Episode 19, Summer 2013 Issue, The Changing Landscape of Higher Education. Educational practices at colleges and universities around the world went unchanged for several centuries. Students gathered in classrooms and large halls to hear lectures read by faculty. When fully awake, These eager knowledge seekers often took notes based on what they were hearing. A companion means of enlightenment was in the form of seminars that involved smaller numbers of students. Apart from lectures and discussions, key sources of information consisted of printed textbooks. Additional reading material was lodged in the campus library, where students could examine aged folios, quartos, octavos, and duodecimos, to locate a poem by Virgil about a gnat, learn how Ovid, discanted on a nut, discover why Bishop Synesius extolled baldness, and peruse how Plutarch recorded a dialogue between Ulysses and a hog. Those modes of pedagogy remain in effect to the present day, but in recent times have been altered because of the internet. One result has been to produce a polar opposite modality in the form of initiatives by Capella University and the College for America, which enroll students in online programs without courses, teaching professors, grades, deadlines, or credit hour requirements, but with a path to genuine college credit. They do so under the banner of competency-based education, allowing students to progress at their own pace without formal course material. They can earn credit by successfully completing assessments that prove their mastery in predetermined competencies or tasks. Employing direct assessment, the link with the credit hour standard is severed, along with ending the traditional role of faculty who will neither lecture nor guide students through course material. One development in taking advantage of the possibilities afforded by the Internet is the creation of massive open online courses. 
also called MOOCs, Coursera, Udacity, Semester Online, and edX are popular sources of these offerings. The latter entity was developed by Harvard and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in 2012. Berkeley and other prestigious institutions soon became part of the enterprise. More invitees to MOOCs, however, either have rejected an offer to participate or are mulling over what to do next. For example, faculty at Amherst College, a highly ranked small liberal arts college, decided against participation in edX in April 2013 because of concerns relating to the possible negative impact on student learning and an institution that prides itself on intense interaction achievable through close colloquy in small seminars. Large-scale approbation of MOOCs remains a work in progress. The results of a Gallup poll of 889 college and university presidents conducted on March 8th to the 29th, 2013, and released on May 2nd, revealed that most presidents have some doubts about the potential of MOOCs to achieve significant transformations. Only 3% agreed that MOOCs will improve student learning. Only 2% agreed that MOOCs will solve financial challenges that confront institutions, while 8% agreed that this innovation will reduce student educational costs. Only 7% believe that MOOCs are placing superior teachers in front of more students, while 11% believe that MOOCs are fostering creative pedagogical strategies. An issue of concern to some faculty is the role they will play when students are enrolled in courses taught at other universities. If a course has 150,000 student participants, it is unlikely that there will be any opportunity for them to interact with the professor. The only means of testing their knowledge and understanding may consist of exams with multiple choice questions rather than through lengthy essays. Where does the on-campus faculty member at the home institution fit into this picture? And to what extent does the new role differ from one usually played by teaching assistants? Another matter awaiting resolution pertains to library usage. Issues that involve licensing and clearing the use of copyright materials are at the forefront of matters needing clarification. Who owns the materials created in MOOCs? And what kinds of written agreements need to go into effect? Can a professor whose library subscribes to the Journal of Allied Health take an article from that publication and embed it in his or her course as a required reading with open access to all students who enrolled? What happens if some materials cannot be embedded in a course? Will the only alternative simply be to cite them and recommend that students go on their own expeditions to find them on the internet? Adjunctification of the Academy One more noticeable way in which the Academy has changed in recent years is the growth in the number of adjunct faculty. A positive benefit for students is that these instructors can transmit a wealth of knowledge on subjects that go beyond the particular expertise of full-time faculty members. The financial benefits to the institution can be immense, since it is not necessary to allocate office space to adjunct faculty, include them in collective bargaining agreements, furnish health and retirement benefits, and place them on promotion and tenure tracks. If inadequate revenues cause increased reliance on the use of adjunct faculty at the expense of full-time appointees, 
it is worth pondering the extent to which the potential for conducting research shrinks. If that outcome were to occur on a widespread basis, the fate of academic journals also will be affected. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more about the Association of Schools Advancing Health Professions at ASAHP.org.